0: I'm Tim and welcome to Greater Old Church. It's good to be back from the men's retreat. Like I said, it was cold over there, nice and warm in here. And so, uh, good to have all the men back in one piece. And, um, well, it just, it was a good retreat, very good retreat. Lessons were just outstanding. We talked about being uncommon. And, you know, when you start off the week by being called an idiot, I mean, everything's it up from then on. Everything's it up. So, uh, but Mike, Dennis started it off fantastic devotional. And then uh, some great lessons that followed there at Carlisle Lake. Uh, get your dibs in early, guys, for next year. We really want to uh, get that men's retreat planned. So think about it in the calendar, usually this time of the year. Just when the weather starts changing, you know it's getting, it's getting close. Uh, we're in a series of lessons. This is week two on gratitude, gratitude adjustment. And I don't know if you need one sometimes. I remember one time my dad said, you need an attitude adjustment. And he'd get the belt out and he'd do some adjusting. And so uh definitely changed my attitude. And sometimes we need an adjustment now and then with our attitude. But I'm not talking about just an attitude. I'm talking about a way of life, a gratitude adjustment. And so we've been looking at that. I don't know how it's been for you uh, you know, last week, but after the lesson I got lots of good feedback. I found myself noticing gratitude that was expressed to me as well as what I was expressing to others. And I noticed at McDonald's at the drive-thru at Godfrey, Maybe one of the best McDonald's on the planet, may I add. Okay? That when I went through the drive-thru, they must be talking to these people because they've got some of the best people in the drive-thru. They look you in the eye and say thank you with a smile. And I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much! You know, and they're like, oh, okay! You know, I'm kind of surprised. They didn't get any uh, training on what to do if somebody does it right back at them. And so that's gotta be a hard life drive-thru. Anybody done drive through Am I right? Is it tough? Yeah, you all, you all got frowns on your, Of sure, it's a tough, it's a tough life. But, uh, I just thought it was just great. I've been noticing that throughout the week, looking at how people are saying, and I'm no, I'm more aware of my own gratitude. And, uh, today I want to talk about, uh, being grateful, uh, again, a second week here. If you look on your screen, we don't have any, uh, bulletins, um, it's not on purpose. But it just happens occasionally. If you're wanting to follow along, you can go to greateraltonchurch.org and you can download the notes and look at your cell phone. And by the way, you can look at your cell phone during the services. We know you're not playing video games. We know you're not doing Facebook. We know you're looking at Scriptures. Well, at least today we know you will be because you might be looking at the notes. Okay, But you can download that. Look at sermons on our website and there, and you'll see... Lesson number two. And it's even got them all filled out for you so you don't have to worry about spelling anything correctly. Boy, I'm on a roll. Okay, anyway. Uh, if uh, But look what the Bible says here up on the screen. It says here, always, always be thankful. This is how God wants you to live in Christ Jesus. He doesn't want you just to have an attitude uh, once a year on a particular day where you get around and you watch some football or have some turkey. Uh, and you think about what you're going to do the next day and how early you're going to be at Target or wherever you're going to go. No, he's not talking about just a, a day or a yearly annual time to be grateful. He says, oh, be always thankful. And it's the way God wants you to live. To always have this gratitude somewhere in the back of your mind, somewhere at the base of everything you do. See, I, I think there's a reason for that. I ask myself, why, why does the Bible say that? And notice uh, it's in Christ Jesus. I think it's because... Gratitude's one of the most positive and powerful attitudes you can have. And you need Christ's help. Because we're just not natural at saying thank you. Anybody remember when you were a kid, you'd get something from grandma? I remember Bobo. That was our, that's what we called her Bobo. I'm called Peepaw by my grandkids. But they, uh, we called her Bobo. Now I understand how she felt. We go, Bobo. She'd go, here, have some candy. And we get it. And Dad would say, and what do you say? Is that all you're going to give me? No, not that. What do you say? Thank you. Thank you. And we catch ourselves, you know, forgetting to say thank you. Even as adults, we have to be reminded. Fellas, how many times our wives said, hey, did you ever thank that person? Or, or maybe, did we ever thank them for coming over or thank them for that gift? Or Did we write a card or something? It's something we're just not naturally prone to do. And so we need Christ's help. And if there's ever a place where you can develop gratitude, it's when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. What a positive thing to have in your life. It will radically change the way you treat people, the way you view life, the way you see the future. And it will adjust all the stuff that's happened in the past. Because you've been to see this great God that we serve, what He's done, what He's doing, and what He plans to do. And as you begin to be more grateful, it just oozes out of you. And, it, and it, does, it doesn't get locked down. It doesn't get locked down to a day. But it's a daily thing. Now today I want to talk about the bedrock of gratitude. If you were to sink down and dig down, what is at the roots of, of gratitude? It's our gratitude to God. And, and really, more specifically, it's our gratitude of who He is. And that's what I want to spend. I want to look at at least, at least six things we notice about God. What does the Bible say? If you ever wonder how sometimes I get some of these lessons, besides stealing them from another preacher, that has happened. You know, you look at, you know, he's got a great idea. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. Did you know the Bible says that? That includes sermons and ideas and stories. Okay? Nothing new, no problems new. It's been done before. Somebody had it before you. Well, I noticed something. I I did a little search because this guy was saying some stuff about who God was. I didn't quite believe Him. I'm a skeptic. You ever been skeptical? Skeptical? of what I have to say? So you got to check me out. It's okay. Mark, you nodded your head so quickly. Thanks. Yeah, I'm skeptical too. But what I noticed is I typed in the word, and you can do this on Bible Gateway or any place. You can type in a word, like I typed in the word thank, and then I did the capital A-N-D And then I put He is behind it and I hit search to see what it would say. And I noticed there's some scriptures that talk about God, of who He is, and we're to thank God because He is these things. And that's how I come up with these six. All This is what the Bible says. There's lots of things to thank God for, but I noticed these six really stand out. Let's look at them uh, briefly. First, why would I live in gratitude to God? Well, first, because God is good. In fact, the Bible says He's so good. Look at this. Psalms 107, verse 1. Say thank you to the Lord for being so good. Have you ever thought about this? If God were cruel, there'd be no reason to thank Him. If God were indifferent, if He were unindependable, a selfish, hateful, there'd be no reason to be thankful to Him. If God were uncaring, if He were aloof, and uncaring, or vicious, there'd be no reason to be grateful. If God was vain, if He ever broke His Word, or He broke His Word often, if He ever lied, there'd be no reason to be grateful. And the Bible says He is none of those. Amen? God is none of those. He doesn't lie to us. He's not a selfish God. He is reliable. He's not limited. He's not puny. He's not powerless. He's great. He's un- unbelievable. Sometimes he doesn't think of only of himself. He's good. A couple of years ago, we were we did a, a, a little Prairie Bible Camp. Uh, a theme: a Taste and see that the Lord is good. And remember, we made those cutting boards. Some of us in crafts. I love crafts. It's my favorite at camp. We made this craft with a wooden spoon, and the kids got to. Do things. I remember Levi working on his and he was getting so frustrated because you had to trace it just right and he's pounding on it. This isn't working! And he's having a meltdown. I go, wait a minute, Levi. And we take the paper off and it's perfectly traced. Um, Jenny, you got issues with that kid, man. You gotta have, I don't know what you're gonna do there. It was perfect! And it looked great. And he goes, wow. I said, see, you're fine. And it's, and look what the Bible says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And whenever you do taste, if you get a good taste, I don't know about you, but I like a good taste. Not a little some of us here we taste the Lord. No, that's enough. You're not going to get you're not going to get much goodness from that. No, you take a big juicy bite of him, man. I want to get as much as I can in my life. And when you do, you find out he is so good. He is so good. The Bible says in James 1:17, everything good comes from God. All things that are good come from God. He's so concerned about making sure things are good, he works everything out for good in your life. No matter what you give him, he'll find a way to work it out for your own good. When Adam was lonely, he, right at the beginning, remember what he says? When he sees he's lonely, this is not good. So what's he do? He makes a woman. Now, some of you fellows might beg to differ that a wife in your life has made it complicated. God says no it's good it's very good in fact uh, and when so when loneliness came into the world, God made a woman for for a man when when sin came into the world and wrecked everything what 's God do? This is a good, so he brings Jesus into the picture to make it what good to make it good again God is good that's number one that's number one reason number two, because God is great, we should be thankful to him. Cause he's just great. He's not puny. He's not powerless. He's not weak. Look what the Bible says here. Give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his greatness. Tell the nations what he has done. And so, that's Psalms 105 verse 1. Look at this next Psalm. God is great. He is worthy of our praise. No one can understand how great he is. Even the psalmist is going, he's great, but I don't, I, I, I can't fully understand it. And when you step back and think about how great God is, how magnificent and powerful, incredible He is, and then you look at your problem, and I've done this myself, where I've actually done this exercise, I take my greatest problem and how big it is, like David's Goliath, a giant in your life, but you put it next to God and it is a little bitty, bitty thing. It's tiny compared to the greatness of God. That's how great God is. And we should be so thankful that we don't serve a puny, washed-up, weakling God. But He's great. And because He's great, that means He can handle any problem you and I face. At the men's retreat, I'm listening to Mike Denius, uh after, he called, after I initially got over the insult. Um, he starts talking about the idiots in the Bible and the idiots of the world and how different they are. And what do you want to be? Would you want to be an idiot in the world or an idiot of God? And I'm, I mean, I'm drawn it. But I couldn't help it, Mike. When, when he was sharing this, I sat there and I went, is the resurrection amazing anymore? That's what I want to talk about on Easter. Is it amazing anymore to people? After all the computerized movies and the crazy stuff and the you know transformers and all the explosions, is the resurrection incredible? Amazing anymore? And the answer is, yes, it is. Because Jimmy Hoffa, his casket may be empty, but he's somewhere on the earth. The Lord's tomb is empty. You can't find His body His physical body anywhere except in His church. That's incredible how God works like that. He's great. Number three, God is holy. What do you mean by that? Well, He's just so holy, you know, you can't approach Him. Well, yeah, He's he's far above everything else. That's true. But I want you to think about the word holiness as in pure and perfect. You ever had something, you know, work out? and You go, man, that worked out perfectly, and you know how good it feels. Or you're eating something. Oh, this tastes perfect. Or you've finished a project. It's perfect. God is perfect. The project isn't perfect. The food isn't perfect. You know what I'm saying? The situation, whatever worked out, it didn't work out perfectly, did it? But God, the Bible says, is holy. He's flawless. That's what it means. He's pure. He's perfect. Look what the Bible says here. Give thanks to Him as you remember how holy He is. Hey, why, should, why should I be thankful for that? Because that means that his, his motive is pure. That whatever He wants from you, wants you to do, how He wants you to respond, whatever He says comes from the purest motive you can imagine. That, that His way is perfect. He knows the perfect thing that you need to do. The, the, the best thing for you and I to do. You can count on that. It's not His little agenda. He's not trying to manipulate you. No, He's about, I want you to have the best. I want your life to be as perfect as possible. He sends His own Son, Jesus. A perfect sacrifice so you and I can be pure and holy. Like Him. So His motives are pure. His motives are perfect. His motives are flawless. His words are this way. His way. Is this way. And we should be thankful for that. We don't serve a corrupt God that's tainted with sin. It's tainted with impurity. I don't think, I don't thank God for His holiness. I'm be honest with you. I don't think about how holy He is and how I ought to thank God for that. It's the only pure and good perfect thing I really have in my life. And that includes my wife. Okay, that includes my kids. That includes me. We're all flawed. We all got something going on. You know, over the men's retreat, we're talking about marriage. In our particular breakout session, Chris Weiler did it on a husband. He went through Ephesians 5. And it was very humbling. He presented it in such a humble way. But it's also humbling. And one of the fellows spoke up. And he was just sharing a little bit about what he's going through. And it dawned on me that in marriage, there are two People And the trouble comes from selfishness. Two selfish people. Not one selfish person. Two selfish people. And I was saying, well, my wife, you know, like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way, can be selfish sometimes. I said it real quietly and looked around to make sure she wasn't around, you know. No, I'm, not, I'm just joking. I'm telling you, it, we're, we're imperfect But man, the thing I possess, the one thing I've got that is perfect and I know no, have no doubt about it, it's God Himself. And to have something perfect in my imperfect life is so good. I can count on it. I can count on Him. Number four, because God is faithful. You know, He doesn't cut and run. God is not moody. He doesn't break His promises. We like to think, sometimes we think when things don't work out, God, You broke Your promise. You better check that out again. Because every time I check, I find out if He's the one that's not struggling with faithfulness, I'm the one struggling with faithfulness. Look what the Bible says. Give thanks to the Lord for He's good. His faithful love endures forever. It just keeps going. What do you mean? It doesn't stop. It's faithful. It's always there. It doesn't cheat on you. Maybe you've been cheated on. You've had someone be unfaithful to you. God is not, He would never do that to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being so faithful. Always shows up. Next week I'm talking about how do you thank God in your circumstances? And one of the thoughts I've already had is because God is in those circumstances. I'm never by myself. I can count on God in those circumstances. But that's next week. Look at this. Thank the Lord for His faithful love. No one, listen to me, church, no one will love you like the Lord. I know some of you go, oh, no, my mama was really good to me. No one will love you like your Lord. I mean, you're going to have people give up on you. You're going to have friendships crumble. You're gonna have, uh, people cut and run on you at times. They're gonna betray you. You're gonna break up with someone. You're gonna, something's gonna bust in that relationship. But no one, no one's gonna love you like God. God will not run out on you. He will not leave you hanging. He is faithful. He will stick with you. When you're just not worthy, you're not stickable. You're despicable and destickable. You know what I'm saying? He'll still stick it. He'll still hang in there because he always loves you. Number five, God is just. I like to think I'm pretty objective, but I know, I know better. (laughs) I was, we were, I was talking to someone about this on the ministry. I said, you know, there's that moment you go, bam, I'm, I'm an objective. And just as soon as you get it, you lose it. Your emotions, something, Twist your thinking, your conclusion, your outlook, but you you know what it looks like because you get to experience it for a nanosecond. Well, the Bible says God is always just. He's always just. Look at this. I thank I will thank the Lord because He's just. What's that mean? He's unbiased. He doesn't show favorites. He's objective. That means that He do, everything He does is always the right thing. Everything He Suggests I say suggest he really he commands you to do he wants you to do is the right thing it's the best thing it's the fair thing he's always fair he doesn't if he punishes and disciplines you it's not more than needed. My father sometimes would whoop me with the belt he'd be drunk he'd come home he'd go off he'd get that belt out and he'd start a whooping and I remember. Two weeks before he died, I'm sitting there with my dad, we're talking, and I'm I'm telling him that I want to, I said, Dad, I want to thank you for whooping me. And he began to bawl and cry, and I've seen my dad cry twice, and two weeks before he dies, he cries. And I go, Dad, what are you crying for? And he goes, you don't know how much guilt I feel, because I know there were times I whooped you, and you didn't deserve it. And I said, well, the ones, the times you didn't whoop me, it kind of evened out. <laughs> I don't know if you've had a father like that or what, uh, but I, can I tell you that your heavenly Father, He knows just the right amount of discipline, just the right amount to get your attention. They found a pallop? Yeah, got your attention, didn't he? I just about got hit in that car, or I got fired. He doesn't smash you with a hammer to deal with something. You know, just the right amount. He's fair. He matches the "quote unquote" punishment with the crime, so to speak. Well, I don't even know if he does that. Sometimes his grace is so amazing. <laughs> he 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 knows what you need. He's fair and, and listen. And listen to this. He's after what you need, not what you want. That's how you know he's just. He supplies what you need, not what you want. Or what you think you deserve. Either way of the issue. But what you need. Why? Because He's just. I thank God for being fair. He could have come down on me hard time, Like my old man. Like some of my friends. But God goes, no. Or when my friends gave me a pass, he came come down on me harder. Thank You, Lord. My friends chickened out. My parents chickened out. The teacher chickened out, but you didn't. You faced me and bam, you put me right, hit me between the eyes with that. I needed that. And number six, all this is possible because God is merciful. He is merciful. I'm thankful that God is merciful. Are you thankful He's merciful to you? Again, He addresses and He gives you what you need, not what you deserve. Look at this. Tell the Lord, and this is in Psalms 118, verse 1. Tell the Lord how thankful you are because He is kind and always merciful. I know some of you here grew up with parents, probably like uh, mine, uh, that were inconsistent. Some days you'd get you get mercy, and some days you wouldn't. You go, it was confusing. Sometimes they'd come down on you hard, and sometimes they wouldn't come down on you hard. And you go, what's the deal here? It's the same thing. What's the deal? And I I heard somebody say it this way, in parenting. This is why it's so important we gotta be consistent as parents. Inconsistency brings insecurity. And I can tell you as an insecure person, I'm 62, folks, and I still carry insecurity in my life because of inconsistency. I don't, I, I sometimes I didn't know what to expect when I'd go home. What's helped me so much is my wife is more consistent. I remember times we would get into it and she'd say, you know, I'm not your dad. I'm not going to do what your dad did to you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're treating me like I've got the same motive as your father. Boy, talk about a big step up. I started realizing that. And then I noticed that this inconsistency, this uh, the results of it, was in my relationships with Alan and Gary and many of you. And it's learning over the years. That there are other motives. There are better motives and people do grow and mature. Now thank God my father made amends. We had that great talk. He died two weeks later, but man, for him to be able to come clean and go, I just have so many regrets over that, Tim. You know, I want you to know our Heavenly Father has no regrets. He knows what we need and He's merciful. That means, listen, that means if you screwed it up royal in the last 24 hours or this week or the last year, God beats you, not with a belt, but with mercy. You can count on that. You can count on that. So how do you thank a God like that? How do you thank a God who is good, so good, great, incredibly powerful? How do you thank a God that is not just that, but holy and faithful and fair and He's so merciful and just? So I started looking in the book of Psalms because all these passages I've I've found are in in the book of Psalms. So I started looking inside saying, well, how did these people express their gratitude? And let me give you three ways you can say thank you to God. Number one, I can thank God by singing from my heart. See, singing is one of the primary ways, praising and singing is one of the primary ways That you and I express our gratitude to God. Look what the Bible says here. I will thank you, Lord, with all my heart. I will sing praises to your name most high. Now let me ask you a question this morning. Does tone reveal anything about the way you say thank you? You get this gift and you're thinking, you know, they say that it's a thought that counts and you're thinking, what were they thinking? And you go, well... Um, and you give a gift. You're thinking, oh, they're going to... And you look at it and go, thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Or you say thank you. I watch this all the time. Parents will say, say thank you. Thank you. Well, they fulfilled the commandment. But the heart is somewhere else. Like... Really what it is is thank you because my mom made me say so. I really don't care. Tone has a lot to do with it. You say, well, that's why I don't sing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not talking about tune. I snuck up on you. I'm talking about tone. Ladies, it was cold at Lake Carlisle. Global warming was affected by the fires we made <laughs> this this Arctic blast I believe we 've caused that 's coming in just tomorrow well, we had I mean they stacked the wood, they we kept stacking it up i 'm going I' thought about you know uh, what is it uh, cast away when Tom Hanks goes, fire I mean, fire I mean everybody's throwing logs on there like and it was just stuffed. and. <laughs> And and then Andy, somebody gives Andy the nod, and Andy starts singing, Lean us in singing. I'm sitting here next to the close to the fire. The first couple of times, the last time I was way far away from the fire, froze to death. But here I was, sitting, and my brother is sitting next to me. My nephew Michael is just another guy away. Nathan's over here. Matthew's over there, and I just know we could have been a famous family singing group if we would have all got together. Tom Tarantino is doing his bass. We're all singing. And it's, the harmony is, am I right fellas? Did you hear the harmony? I was singing alto and I'm not very good at singing alto. I'm trying to sing alto to give it more of a, you know, saxophone, you know, kind of a feel. And so I'm doing this, I'm doing this thing and I'm singing, you know, the alto part. Danny's singing tenor, Tom's singing bass, Dan- Nathan and Matt are singing, they're singing tenor and sometimes and sometimes Melody and Michael's singing. And it's sounding just... I'm just in dreamland. And I'm just singing out and I'm just loving it. And I'm looking around. And Mark Langrater is singing. And he knows all the words. I look over at Brandon. I saw you over there, Brandon. Eyes closed. Here's Chewbacca. Oh! Singing in Chewbacca language. Little tears. There's Gary. I'm looking over at Gary Chappell, and he's singing, (laughs) dancing to the Lord. You know. Then there's Greg Chappell. I had a friend named Rusty James that sang in chorus with us in grade school in the eighth grade. He was my best friend. You ever heard of somebody, they say he couldn't carry a tune in a bucket? Poor Rusty. He loves singing. Bellered it out. He's sitting next to me. We're singing some great song, but it's not too great because I can't keep a tune because Rusty is singing so off key. And Mr. Holman, Mr. he stops. He looks over at Rusty. Rusty, I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave. Huh? We can't sing with you. It broke his heart. Greg Chappell is singing in this group. Let me get back to that story. You say, "Well, what do you, t- see, Tim? You're making that's f- the tune. It's the tune." No, no, I'm telling you, the tune didn't matter. It was the tone in which I heard these guys singing. Bob Hawkins is over there. He looked like Nanook from the North. He had a, all of his Alaskan stuff on, and he's a, and he's got that you know drawl going. I'm watching all of us singing. There was a few fellows though, just sitting like this. Oh, are you singing? Oh yeah, the Bible says sing with the heart. I'm singing with the heart. Can I say you're not singing with the heart? Not really. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. I don't, I don't sing in tune, but your tone says everything. See, your tone says I'm excited and thankful to God. With all my heart, I'm going to express it. With all my heart, I'm going to sing. I watched the LSU-Alabama game yesterday. Alabama finally got beat. I think the Russians were involved in it. But um, <laughs> but anyway, I watched... I'm, and it's at Alabama. And the place... Ah, 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 and they all got their pom-poms. Ah, 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 and they're like crazy. It's crazy. And I'm watching people screaming and hollering. They're losing their voice. they are got their hands in the air. And... LSU is whooping them like a drum and you're thinking it's all over and there's a minute twenty-some seconds left in the game and Alabama gets the ball back and the quarterback's got a cast on. He's, he's, here's how, he looks like a grasshopper in the summer. It's about to die. Got one stiff leg, you know. He's going back like this. He throws one play, throws it, touchdown, takes two seconds off the clock. They're back in the game. The place is going crazy. Aye, 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 aye. LSU they they show the camera. People are high fiving, bumping, you know all this stuff. Then they go to the LSU fans. Oh they're they're cheering in the heart. I'm sorry, I don't want to be too tough on those LSU fans. And so LSU's got the you know, quarterback looks like a newspaper boy on junior high, you know. and, and pam, he throws touchdown, and they show the LSU fans. All of a sudden, high five and bumping and all that stuff. all Alabama, there's like fifty thousand of them, and they're cheering from the heart. They gotta be. What are you saying, Tim? I'm saying. Go to a football game. Go to a Cardinal game. Go to a Cub game. Go to whatever game you want to. Kansas City. I'll name all the teams. Blah, blah, blah. Blues. Black Hawks. Okay, Sue, you got your name. The Black Hawks. And, and what happens when they score? And you're walking up to a stranger, high five and 5th Don't even know them. Hands in the air. We come here on Sunday. And folks, it wasn't a close game. It was a blowout. Empty tomb, blowout. And what do we do? I'm going to worship in the heart. And I want you to tell you. I want to say to you, ladies, you had husbands. Let me tell you, you, ought to be proud of them. Your sons were singing out. And I thought, I haven't heard. Listen, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I haven't heard that good of singing in a men's retreat in ten years. It was incredible, praising God, and was it is it was it in tune? <laughs> but was it in tone? Absolutely. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. You're singing. Oh, I'm not very good. I I I've been asked to sing tenor, tenor, twelve feet away. I understand. I've gotten that sometimes. But sometimes, guys, it's 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 about. The tone is just about praising God and thanking God. And that's the thing that people see. See, I remember Rusty James, not because he sang off key, because he loved to sing. And he gave it everything he had. And so I want to encourage you, you know, sing out to God. You, you thank God when you sing out to Him. It says, look at this, all you saints, sing your hearts out to God. Thinking to His face. I've been here before when we've had guest speakers come out of town and we all coached to sing as best we can. Remember those days? We would just sing, man. We just sing. Get us all pumped up. And here come the speaker. And after we sing, they go, wow, you guys really know how... This is a crazy worship place. And we all sit around. We've impressed His face when we're singing to God's face every week. We're praising Him every week. And and listen, I know some of us here we're so self-conscious of how we are. I understand it's weird, you know. If I lift up my hands, that'll look Pentecostal. The Pentecostals did not invent lifting hands. You know who did it? The Jews. They took this thing called a thank offering, and they would walk up and they would see something. They'd have something in their hands, and you could thank God with a thank offering anytime you wanted to. It was a heave offering. What a weird name. A heave offering. And they would take whatever, maybe it would be grain or an animal or something, and they would hold it up to God. They wouldn't bow, close their eyes. They'd hold it up to God and say, God, thank You for this. Their hands are lifted up to His face. You see that? That's what he's that's what that's what they did. So when the scriptures talk about in the New Testament, and men lift up holy hands in prayer, they're talking about the thank offering. Lifting up your hands and saying, facing his face and saying, See what you give me? I want to thank you for that. Both my sons, when they were babies, I did that roots thing with Kunta Kinte. Went out on a nice day. How many dads have done this, huh? You hold him up in the sky in the stars. Thank You for all of his toes all of his fingers. Thank You, God, for this, this boy, this man-child. Or, or, you know, thank You, Father, for this. I did, You gave Him to me, but He's Yours. And I've taken my wallet before, folks. And I went, God. The finances you've blessed me with.
1: I've done it with my grandkids. And they don't know it.
0: Lifted Carmody up as a baby. Nora up as a baby. Well, wait a minute. Mabry, I haven't got to do that. i, I got to get their attention over there and I'll lift her up too. And say, God, thank You for these grandchildren. Thank you for Ellie. Thank you for Meyer. Even though he calls me Peapod, and Pickle Pants. I want them to be... They're dedicated to you. Now, I'm not suggesting you go home and grab your SUV and... Oh,
1: gosh! I don't think I can do that.
0: But, But you need maybe the car keys that say, Lord, thank you. or the Or the deed to the house or the payment to the house or whatever. Thank you for these things. Thank you for these things. And I thank you for these because I know they've come from you. And I just want to... I want to sing out, and, and 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 it's okay. By the way, you know, if you're worried about being Pentecostal, maybe you ought to turn your hands from this way to this way, and then you won't be Pentecostal anymore. Okay, if you're so worried, that's a joke. But I mean, I'm just saying, is there's nothing? I know we get so self-conscious, and we worry. Well, people are going to think I'm silly. But by in a ball game, we're, we're we're nuts. We paint our faces half colors. What is wrong with us? What's wrong is we're more excited about a game than we are about our God, and I want to encourage you, you know, to not be afraid of that. I I say it again, you know, watching Cindy Wright, and she's here. I'm I'm sitting behind her, okay, and she's doing this, <laughs> and people beside her are doing this. <laughs> you know, she's fired up. She gets me fired up. She encourages me to express and and not be so in, uh, guarded. Seeing your hearts out to God. Number two, I can thank God through my prayer. Through my prayers, give thanks to the Lord and pray to Him. No need to have any fancy words. There's no need for that. Just a simple prayer. I simply talk to God and thank Him for who He is. That's what I want to do right now. I want to take a moment. And I know we do it usually after the Lord's Supper. If you want to be in a group, you can get in a group. You don't have to be in a group. But just to thank God for who He is, you can sit right there and just thank God for who He is. I suggest you don't have to bow your head. You don't have to, you can pray with your eyes open. It's okay to do that. Look to God. Thank Him for that. That's what I want to do. I want to take a few minutes to do that. And during this time, if you want to come up here and write something on one of these pumpkins because that's what these pumpkins are for. To write something you're thankful for, we're going to give you a chance to do that too. Okay? And we're going to show some Scriptures on the screen to kind of encourage you as you pray. So let's go ahead and begin to do that. You can pray to yourself or pray with somebody, another group. And let's take a few minutes and praise God for who He is. Can
1: we pray together, please? Father, it is an amazing way to, to head toward Thanksgiving this month to be reminded of all we have to be thankful for and that thankfulness is supposed to be at the core of our relationship with You. Father, no matter where we are in life, no matter what our circumstances are, there is something to thank You for. Father, the very life that we have as believers, the fact that we have hope that transcends, that goes so far beyond this world and this life that it makes the circumstances we're in just small. And, puny. and Father, at the same time, You give us many small things in this world to be thankful for. Father, whether it's jobs, whether it's family, whether it's relationships. Father, so many things. There are very few people that can truly look and say, everything in my life is junk. Father, there's always something there to be thankful for, God. And I, I want to thank You for pointing those things out. And Father, I want to pray right now that You can open our eyes to being more thankful to You. Father, open our eyes through Your Spirit to recognize little things You've given us. Things that we take for granted. Things that we expect. Things that we minimize. And Father, we hold them up to You. Father, I pray we can also take those things that mean the most to us. As Tim was sharing about his, his, his children and his grandchildren, and Father, we hold those things up to You as well. And thank You for them, while at the same time acknowledging not only they came from You, they still belong to You. And we're thanking You for, for allowing them to be in our lives. We're also acknowledging that we trust You with them. That we care more about You than we do the things of this world. Father, most of all, we want to thank You for Jesus and the resurrection and the hope that we have. The salvation that we And it's in His name that we pray.
0: Amen. Thank you, Gary. Number three, I can say thank you to God by offering my life. You want to know what a grateful life looks like? It looks like a devoted life to God. That's how I live out my life. If I want to say thank you to God, I devote, I offer myself to Him. Look at these passages. I tell you, the Bible's amazing. This is Psalms 116. It's David that wrote this psalm. What can I give the Lord for all the good things He has given to me? I'll lift up the cup of salvation and I'll pray to the Lord. He's saying, I'll give you a toast for you saving me, Lord. You give me victory. I drink the cup of victory over sin, he's saying. Verse 14 says, I will give the Lord what I promised in front of all His people. I underlined that because I thought, what a strange, what is that? He says, I'll give you an offering to show thanks to you. And I asked myself, what is he, what is the, what did he offer? What, what did he promise to offer in front of people? And then I started thinking, well, maybe it's that thank offering because, you know, the Jews had lots of different kinds of offerings, guilt offerings, you know, and, and thank offerings. And, uh, I, and I started looking at that and thinking about that. It's something that he's promised to do that I'm going to be thankful is what he's saying i 'm going to be grateful and i'm going to offer some sacrifice to god now that's a that's a Jewish perspective. What about a Christian? What about a Christian? What do we offer God because we don't offer you know we don't really put grain and sacrifice animals anymore. Yet we're called to lift our hands up toward Him in gratitude, in prayer. What what am I called to offer? What have I promised publicly to offer God? I couldn't help but think about that. What have I ever made a public proclamation? And for every Christian, you know. Maybe it was in this very room where we all stood around while someone put you in this baptistry and they asked you that question, what do you believe about Jesus? And what did you say? I believe He's the Son of God and I'm going to make Him Lord of my life. What what did you just say? What did you just say? I'm offering my life to Him. All of it to Him. Romans 12 kind of captures that. Look what it says. So I beg you brothers and sisters, bec-, look at this, because of the great mercy God has shown us, offer your lives as a living sacrifice to Him, an offering that is only for God, only to the face of God, and pleasing to Him. Considering what He's done, it's only right that you should worship Him in this way. This is how you're to live. You're to lift up yourself to Him and say, Lord, thank You for saving me. Thank You for saving me and I'm going to give You this life that You've saved. Someone once said, my life is, a, is God's gift to me, but my gift to God is how I use it. Think that's true? As a Christian, that ought to be a mantra. You know, God, You've given me this life as a gift and I'm going to use this gift for you. I'm gonna and how I use it is gonna be the way I'm going to express how grateful I am for what you've done to me and for me. Psalms fifty, David says this the life that pleases me, says God speaking here, the life that pleases me is a life lived in the gratitude of grace. Always always choosing look at the commitment here, always choosing to walk with me in what is right. This is the sacrifice I desire from you. If you do this, more of my salvation will unfold for you. How do I say thank you to God? Well, I, I sing with, from my heart. I'm going I'm to sing from my heart. The tone, my tone's going to change. The tune might be, you know, I'll do whatever I can, but the tone is going to be more defined. I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to express it with all my heart. I'm going to I'm going to make sure I I talk to God face to face like a thank offering with my hands up. I'm going to thank Him for the things He's provided, for who He is, for what He's done, what He's doing, and oh, to understand like Gary was saying, just to understand what's coming, what He's planning. And while I'm doing that, I offer my life. I say, Lord, you got all of me, not part of me. You got all of me. Here's a passage up on the screen. In Psalms 56, David would write these words. So I'm thanking you with all my heart, with gratitude for all you've done. I'll do everything I've promised you. Let me ask you, how are you thanking God? What kind of gratitude adjustment do you need? I want you to know this is not. Listen, if you're feeling like I feel, somebody said to me, "Man, I feel like last week, you know, all those points." I, I said, "I hope you're not going away feeling guilt about this. This is not about being guilt, feeling guilt. It's about just talking about this and dealing with it and saying, you know, where could I adjust? Do I do I need to? Do I need to really come out and let the let praises and gratitude come out of my mouth from my heart?" To really sing with the heart. Make a joyful noise. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Lift up my hands to Him. I'm not saying if you don't lift up your hands, you're sinning. I'm just saying, should I, is it okay to do that? It is perfectly fine. Listen guys, aren't you glad we got a church that isn't controlling if you clap or not? Or if you dance or not? I know people might look at you funny. But can I tell you, not everybody's looking at you funny. I'm not looking at you funny. I'm going, wow, that encourages me. When I'm watching Mark Langrader belt it out, and I'm going, that encourages me. When I, when I hear Chewbacca sitting there and just singing out and just closing his eyes, and if the wind is 30 miles an hour, and it's, it's cold, and boy, you don't care. And I watch some of you are more excited about the Lord than you are about the LA Rams or whoever else or whatever team. That's just, that's thrilling. That encourages me. So when I see you do something like that, I'm not going to say weirdo. I'm going to go, wow, thank you, God. The Bible tells us to sing and encourage one another. I'm asking you if you realize, man, I've been discouraging people with how I approach my worship. You don't have to do that anymore. Start encouraging people. But maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's when you're by yourself. Maybe you're driving home or you get up in the morning and you just thank God for being vertical. You know, you're still alive, but also thank God for these blessings and these people and for what He does. But I want you to think about most of all that promise you made when you were baptized. He is Lord of my life. Lord, You're getting all of me. And let your gratitude to who he is and what he's done, what he's doing and what he will do just motivate you, motivate you to fulfill that promise the best you can. I know we're not some of us aren't great at it. I'm not great at fulfilling God my promise I made to God either. But thank God He's merciful and says, Try again, Tim, try again. Keep at it. I don't know what it is. There's something about when you hear the word thank you from somebody, it just feels good, doesn't it? And God is pleased when we say thank you to Him. And may God bless you this morning to be able to say, thank God. Thank God for who He is. And maybe you want to respond to this lesson. Maybe there's a decision you need to make, or maybe, maybe there's something you'd like for us to pray about, or maybe you're just wanting to praise God with something. Uh, I want you to know, uh, just feel free to write it on your cell phone and send it to Suzanne Simpson. Just jam her phone up, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Shoot her a text and say, I want to pray about this. That'll work. We're living in an electronic age. I'm old. I'm starting to adapt. Miranda, thanks for helping me there. That laughter made me realize how stupid I was being. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. But uh but also, um, and by the way, just because there's no bulletin in cards doesn't mean we can't contribute today. I mean, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you can do that on your phone. Okay, thanks, Alan. But uh, you know, we're gonna close with a song and um, and uh then we'll close with another song and uh take up our contribution uh this week. Uh Gary wanted me to remind you these pumpkins are gonna be up here uh including next week. If you'd like to do write something on them after church, you can do that, but they'll be up here um, as well next week. We're gonna be talking about thanking God in circumstances. How do I do that? What can I learn from that? hope you can bring a friend and be exciting and we'll have a good time. Let's pray. Father, thank You for um, who You are. Thank You for who You are. You're so merciful. You're so good. We taste You and we go, wow, this is over the top. We recognize everything good that's on this earth has come from You. Thank You for being so great. So powerful. Thank You, Father, for being so holy. You're perfect. Perfect for us. Pure for us. Your motives are the best. Your words, deeper than anything we can come up with. And Your ways are always right. Thank you for being faithful, for staying close to us, sticking close to us. Other people have run away before. They get fed up with us. You never get fed up. You're faithful. Thank you for your faithful love. Father, we want to thank you. We thank you for being just fair with us and not swayed by emotions, by your anger. Father, thank you, Father, for being so merciful. It helps us be secure. In fact, we are secure in Your hands because You're so merciful. Father, help us sing out. I'm getting ready to sing to You, to sing to Your face. And Father, none of us here are concerned about the tune as much as the tone right now and worried about somebody on our left or right, but look to You, worship You, just thank You with our hearts. We thank You through this prayer and we pray, Fathers, we leave Your Holy Spirit will adjust our life, that we'll cooperate and learn to have this life of gratitude that just expresses and says to You, thank You. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.